Well, we are in week two of our series, Rewire. Rewire. And rewire means this. It means to make lasting and usually beneficial changes to the neurological or psychological functioning of a person's brain. And that's right, because, you know, God has given us the power to overcome. He's built us that way. And for too long, we've deferred responsibility. We, de- we, we blame other people for our current condition when we have the power to change the way we think. And, and that's the way God has wired us. We've been wired for love. We have been wired for fear. And we live lives of fear because we, we think we can't change it. But God has created us to change our mind. Isn't that so good? If you missed last week's message, go online, listen to it. We've got some great teaching points on that. You do not want to miss that, a part one of Rewire. So if you're looking for a subtitle for today, it is called Inception. Inception. Inception means the beginning of the place where something starts. And, and I, I'm, I, title, I am titling this one Inception 2.0 because I originally preached on this concept back when I was a youth pastor, and, I, and, and as well as praying and asking for direction for this message, um, God really just said, you know, um, just brought back its inception back on again on my heart, and, and, I, and it was so long ago that I preached this message in youth that I don't even have the notes anymore, so I had to really dig deep, and, and I found it somewhere in my brain underneath some rugby magazines that I had in my mind here. Uh, here it is. Um, so it's inception, and, and, it's, and it's about a movie that, that we saw back in... 2010, a long time ago. Wow, back when I was only, what, 20? Uh, <laughs> 2010. <laughs> and, um, and it's starring, stars Leonardo DiCaprio. Anybody a fan of Leonardo? Yeah, I'm flying, Jack. Um, it's getting movies mixed up now. Okay, so, and, and so, so Leonardo, he leads a team, and they're specialists in extraction. And they have the, this dream-sharing technology where they can sneak into somebody's dream while they're sleeping without them knowing and steal their corporate secrets. Okay, so he was the expert of extraction. However, in this movie, he, he gets tasked to do the exact opposite. Instead of extracting an idea, he's asked to plant an idea, an inception if you will. And, and from the movie comes my favorite quote. It's when, when I heard this quote, it got my mind thinking about the Bible. And this is what Leonardo said in the movie. He said this. He said, what is the most resilient parasite? Bacteria, a virus, an intestinal worm, an idea. Resilient, highly contagious. Once an idea has taken hold of the brain, it is almost impossible to eradicate. An idea fully formed, fully understood that sticks right in here somewhere. And that's what this message is all about. It's about what kind of thoughts have been sown into your lives? What inceptions have been spoken over your life that you've accepted it as truth? It could be positive or it could be negative. And I remember when we went on our first family holiday to the, to the Gold Coast and we stopped, stopped by this gas station called 7-Eleven and there was these, these, um, this box of donuts and, and kind of like, oh, what are these donuts? Well, it's not Dunkin' Donuts. You know, so, and I took bite of it. Oh, this is pretty budget. That was great. We went back again last October with the family. We stopped by the same gas station. And I said to Porto, hey, why don't we get those budget donuts again? So we went in there and, and I went to go pick up the box and as I saw the box, I recognized the brand. I did not recognize it back in 2015, but I recognized it right in there. It was a Krispy Kreme donut. 
Back in 2015, I had no idea. The inception hadn't happened. No one had sowed the idea in my mind that Krispy Kremes is the best donuts in the world, that when you take bite of it, it just mounts in your, in your mouth. Nobody had, had sowed that lie into my life. Because we all know that Cook Island donuts are the best. You can eat it with tin corned beef, coconut cream, a chicken and a piece of taro. <laughs> or maybe the inception that you might know more about is, have you ever been at a work meeting and everybody's giving ideas and you kind of give your idea and everybody kind of ignores it and you're thinking, well, everybody thinks my ideas stink. But two weeks later, someone else shares the exact same idea and everybody goes, that's a great idea. And you're like, I said that two weeks ago. Anybody been there before? Who's been there? You know exactly what I'm talking about. Because what you did, you've done an inception. You sowed an idea. Everybody went home for two weeks. It just rattled around in their mind to finally it got hold of them. Then all of a sudden, they believed that idea was theirs, and they shared the idea. Now, the secret when you're doing an inception is make sure you bring it up again in two weeks. Otherwise, someone else gets the credit. Come on. You, know, you need to own that thing. That's inception. That's inception. And, and right now, husbands, if you need something, start sowing the ideas now. Anyway, let's move along. Christmas is coming. But we've got to be careful of what we sow into one another. I mean, husbands, who wants an old, bag, an old bag for a wife? Anybody? Nobody wants an old bag for a wife. Be careful what you sow into a marriage because you're going to get exactly what you get. An old bag. Or do you want Mrs. Wonder Woman? That's what I got. I got Mrs. Wonder Woman right here. Because she's married to Mr. Wonder Man. Because <laughs> what do you want? I mean, I mean so wives, what do you want? Do you want a lazy person who doesn't do anything around the house? Or do you want Mr. Wonder Man? What do you want? Be careful what we sow. What kind of inception are we putting into our marriages? Or be careful what we sow into our children. Are we empowering them or depowering them? I remember when my son came home from school when he was an intermediate, and I, and, and I read his report. His maths wasn't good. Has anybody ever read a report like that? Maybe it was your own, you know, right? And, and you read it. So I asked my son the question. So, son, what's going on with maths? And he said this to me. He said, Dad, I'm not good at maths. And I said to him, who told you that? I didn't tell you that. Who told you that you weren't good at maths? Come on, you're amazing. You, you can do it. Six years later, he's still not good at maths. <laughs> Just kidding, just kidding. You know what? He graduated on Monday. He didn't just graduate. He graduated with honors. That was my son who came up on the stage. He, he's one that looked like Wally with the red stripes. Um, and we found him. Graduated with honors. Come on, what lies are we speaking into our lives? What, what lies do we allow people to speak into us? There's some untruths that we need to, to pull down and, and, and rewire in our thinking. Isn't that so true? And when, when I think about Scripture, when I think about the very first ungodly inception in the Bible, it takes me all the way back to the first family that was wrecked by this inception. So if you can turn with me to Genesis chapter 3, we're going to be looking at verse 1. Now the serpent, the Bible is talking of the devil here. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the other wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Has anybody ever heard a snake talk before? Have you ever gone to the zoo and you say, whoa, what an ugly snake. The snake never replied. You speak for yourself. You know, what sound does a snake make? It makes a hiss. Did you know in Hebrew, the, the word trans, hiss translated in Hebrew also means to whisper? It means to whisper. Who's whispering in your ear? See, the snake hiss in Eve's ear. 
the snake whispered in Eve's ear, did God really say? You know, the enemy is always a counterfeit of the, the, the most true high God because God also whispers to us. And, and we see that in 1 Kings chapter 19, Elijah stands on the mountain. He's, he's waiting to see the presence of God. And then a great and powerful wind tore the mountain apart, but God was not in the wind. Then after the wind, there was an earthquake, but God was not in the earthquake. Then after the earthquake was fire, but God was not in the fire. Then after the fire came a gentle whisper. Did you know in order to, to hear a whisper, if I was going to whisper to you, you have to come close. You know, the Bible tells us, God says this, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. It's about being in close proximity with God. It's about relationship with God. When we draw near to God, when we're in close proximity, when we're in relationship with God, we begin to hear the truth of God whispering in your ear. You can do it. You're my son. You're my daughter. I created you. I do not make mistakes. Come on. Who's whispering in your ear? Who do we allow to come close to us? See, when the snake whispered in Eve's ear, that was the very first inception. When the snake said, did God really say? See, the devil wants to put doubt about your belief in God. And will continue to sow doubt in your life. In your life why now, right now, he would say, why, why would God let you suffer? What kind of loving God let you suffer? Why would God let your loved one die? I thought he loved you. I thought you loved him. Why would he let your loved one die? You've been praying and they died. What kind of loving God is that? Did God really say? In fact, the devil will try to make you doubt even what God says about you. You think you are. You think you have what it takes. You're not qualified for that job. Really, you? You know, your family, do you know what family you come from? Your family never succeeds. Who do you think you are? Who's whispering in your ear? Who's whispering in your ear? Verse 6 When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good, for, for good and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of them both were open, and they realized they were naked. Have you ever had a dream that you went to work and you forgot to put your pants on? Have you had those dreams? Yeah, yeah. I, I heard people share those kind of dreams. I'm going to stretch that arm back a bit. Verse 8. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden and the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. See, the most natural thing for us to do when we make a mistake is hide, which is kind of strange because how can you hide from an all-seeing, all-knowing God? But yet we do that with God. We run from him. We're ashamed and we run. Instead of running to God, we run away. You know, in the Bible, we have Judas who, who betrayed Jesus. And we have Peter who denied Jesus three times. The difference between the two is that Judas ran away from God. And he, he allowed condemnation. He allowed guilt to take hold of his life. And when he continued to run away from God and allow shame and guilt to take control, Judas eventually took his own life. 
But Peter ran to God and allowed the truth of God to penetrate his heart of what, who God truly called him to be. And he went on to lead thousands to know the love and the power of Jesus Christ. Come on, who's speaking into your life? You know, what inception has taken root? We need to recognize the power of the enemy and destroy it. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. It's time for us to take responsibility, take back what the devil has taken from us. For too long we've been deceived, thinking that we haven't got the power, that I am the result of what other people have done with me. But let me tell you the truth. You are 100%, you have 100% control of your thinking and your thought. You know, we are all victims of other people's bad decisions, but we have the power to choose the very best for our lives. But for too long, we've been sold a lie. It's time for us to take hold of the Word of God and allow the Holy Spirit to begin to work inside of us. Amen. I mean, this is why we have connect groups. We have connect groups so, um, so we create safe environments so we can get around with one another, where we can just where we can bring everything into the light, where we can begin to speak to one another, encourage one another. Because when we bring everything into the light, when we bring it, instead of hiding from God, we bring it into the light, then, and then the power of the enemy has no power over you, and all of a sudden, healing and restoration begins to happen because we bring everything into the light. Come on, let's be honest. Let's be honest with God. Let's be honest with one another. Let's, let's create environments where we can freak out in the love zone. You know, can we just, and your, next time you go to your connect group, just say, can we just freak out in the love zone right now? And, it's, and, and that's why we have connect groups, so we, we can be honest with one another. We, we can, where we be, allow the power of God to, to bring restoration. Verse 8, but the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Isn't it interesting that it's always God who does the seeking? You know, in, in, the, in the story of the, the, the good shepherd, it was the good shepherd who left the 99 to seek and save the one. In the story of the prodigal son, when the, when the prodigal son took all his inheritance while his father was still alive, went and spent it on, all, on wild living. But it was the father that was seeking. It was the father that was looking. And when the son was far off, the father was always looking and watching. He ran to his son. See, the reason why some of you are sitting in this room today is because your father is seeking. Your father is looking. He's waiting. Verse 10, he answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And this next verse is the key verse for today. And God said, who told you that you were naked? I never told you that. Who told you that you're not good at maths? Who told you that you can't share the gospel because English isn't your first language? Who told you that? Who told you that you'll never be in a loving relationship? Who told you that? Who told you that you're not a good father? Who told you that you're not a good mother? Who told you that your children will never end up in a good place? Who told you that? I never said that. It's time for us to take hold and the power and the presence of God. Amen. And in the beginning, I quoted from the movie Inception. What is the most resilient parasite? Bacteria, a virus, an intestinal worm, an idea. Resilient, highly contagious. Once an idea has taken hold of the brain, it's almost impossible to eradicate. Almost. But it's possible. Amen. It is possible. There's nothing impossible for God. Yeah. 
2 Timothy 1 verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power and of love and a sound mind. You're not wired for fear. That's not who you are. God didn't make you that way. He made you with power to overcome. He's made you to love. That's the real you. The real you is love. Every love action that you do, that's the real you. And it's given you a sound mind. You know, last week, this church began this 21 journey of allowing God to replace toxic thoughts in our lives and, and, and put what He truly says about us. And we began this last week. And, and on our Facebook members page, I've been posting day one, day two, processes of how we can overcome this and do this. If you're not part of our, of our Facebook members page, I, I encourage you, just go along, request to be a member, and you're in. We, we accept everybody. Jesus accepts everybody. We accept everybody too. Come on. We started last week, but you can start today. Start today. And, and, and how, what we do is this. And, and in order for you to be free, this is what you've got to do. This is what you've got to do. So for 16 minutes a day, all I want you to do is sit, put your phone on flight mode, turn the screen off, and just allow your mind to dream and imagine and begin a life, begin a thought process of prayer. 16 minutes a day. I know what you're saying. You think, well, how can I find six minutes a day? You know, you, you, know, you can never find it. You've got to make it. If you try to find it, you'll never find it. You have the power to choose the very best for your life. And so in that 16 minutes, what I want you to do is just five steps. First thing you want to do is identify the root cause. What, what, is it anger? Is it, is it pride? Is it lust? Is it envy? Recognize what it is. When we recognize it, when we bring it into the light, already something begins to shift inside your spirit. Already something begins to shift in your brain and we begin to, to, to change something because we brought it out in the open. And we begin to, and step one, gather awareness. What am I gonna do to work on this? What am I gonna do? And number two is ask, answer, and discuss. Have a discussion with yourself. It sounds strange, but we do this all the time. Because, I mean, why do I feel like this? What triggers, when I see that person, why do I feel like this? When I do this, what am I doing? And step three, write it all down. Just write it all down. It could be a jumbled mess. When I write stuff down, you, won't, you read my paper, you won't understand it, but I understand it. And then read it. Read what you have written. And step five, action it. What am I going to do today? You know, you, and then your thought life, okay, you know, when I come home from work, I'm always angry. And you go, well, maybe, and then your thought process, go, well, maybe it's because I'm taking my anger from work and I'm taking it home. So my action I'm going to do today, when I drive up and drive out, I'm going to sit, I'm going to take captive every thought. And I'm, I'm going to, when I go inside the room, I'm going to love my wife, love my kids, you know. Begin today. Come on. You have the power to choose the very best for your life right here, right now. And I want to encourage you to repeat this process every single day for the next 21 days. And when you get to day seven, you're going to feel that you've overcome because you've got some revelation. You're going to feel transformation happening in your life. But then you're going to feel like the danger is you're going to say, well, you know, I don't need to carry on. I've got this. I've got this under control. You know, I've got to keep the process going. Don't stop. Get to day 14. You're going to feel exactly the same. Because if we, if we stop without allowing the full 21 days, see, because your, your mind and your brain takes time. 
And then next thing you know, after day 14, we stop doing it. And then we find ourselves back in it again. Have you been there before? You feel like you're dealt with it. Then you find yourself a week later, we're right back in it again. Because we haven't taken the time. We've been deceived. We've deceived ourselves. And you come up for prayer to pastor, could you pray for me? And I go, well, I prayed, I prayed with you already about this. In fact, we've got a plan. He goes, yeah, but I stopped. Well, I'm not going to pray for you. You need to go back, take responsibility for yourself. Because you've deferred my, you just deferred your responsibility to me. You know, God doesn't give you a spirit of fear, but of power, but of love and a sound mind. You know, this process, I call this the ambulance at the bottom of the hill, right? We, let's just get a hold of these toxic thoughts and let's bend it to Christ. And that's what I love what Paul says. In 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, we demolish arguments and every pretensions that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. This is the ambulance at the top of the hill. This is, this is where, where, where we need to test every thought. Test every thought. Every 10 seconds, be mindful. Let's, let's create a healthy thought life. Let's begin to rewire the way we think. Every 10 seconds, if something comes in your mind and, 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 and then, and then what, what is it a and I'll allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Is this of God? If it's not, test it. If it's not, bend it under the power of God. When I see this person, I'm either going to be angry or whatever, but I'm going to put it underneath the power of Christ. And I'm going to make sure I'm going to take it from my, sub, from my conscious and I'm just going to throw it in the rubbish bin before it gets into our subconscious. Come on, this is what we can do. You can do this. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Test every idea. Watch your ideas because they become words. Watch your words because they become actions. Watch your actions because they become habits. Watch your habits because they become your characteristics. Watch your character because it leads to your destiny. But it begins with an idea. Test every idea. Amen.